Welcome to another episode of This Is My Generation, a podcast full of information for parents in the early years of homeschooling who are seeking clarity and encouragement to get through the uncertainty of homeschooling and build a thriving education for their family. I'm Dr. Melanie Bisson, the founder and owner of Generation, a company transforming education for the six plus million parents now paving their own educational path for their kids, the next generation. We do this through our group coaching program, Harvest, where parents sow seeds of clarity in their vision and goals, reap the fruits that come from being aligned in your approach and programs, stay rooted in empowerment and thrive together in community. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore This Is My Generation. Welcome to our second episode of This Is My Generation. Now, this topic is always hot at the end of the summer. No pun intended. I'm not that cool. (laughs) Well, well, maybe I am. (laughs) That was definitely not intended. But I say that because it's so common to hear all the buzzwords surrounding homeschool approaches or style and what curriculum people are choosing. You know, there's a large Facebook group that I am a part of. Uh, for like homeschool beginners and support and multiple times a day it's just questions about what curriculum are you guys using or what are you looking into and what program or what do you think about this Uh, without any regard for you know well how does this fit into what you want for education or what does this really mean or uh, what do I do with it so I just kind of wanted to spend this time kind of going through what is a homeschool approach and what is it not. So I'm not necessarily going to get into all of the different types and their descriptions. I have that in a little bit in our Pathfinder guide, which is free on the website, www.thisismygeneration.com. In the the Pathfinder guide, I, I do spend more time getting into the educational philosophies and then I do make comments and notes about what homeschool approaches align with what, Um, but I will do a separate episode and blog post, like really walking through each common homeschool approach because approach style, whatever you want to call it. um, There's a lot of different ones. You know, I think there's probably like five or six core ones, a quick Google search will tell you there's probably like 10. Um, You know, I don't necessarily consider like Montessori, an approach to homeschooling, just in the sense that it's more like um, toddler play-based in society now. But anyways, my point is like, you you hear a lot of things like, oh, we've gone with Charlotte Mason because we really believe in educating the whole child. Okay, well, if you're a parent just starting out and you're trying to wrap your head around the next steps and you've looked at a curriculum that follows maybe a classical approach, and then you see that, the instinct is to say, well, of course I believe in educating my whole child. Maybe I need to look into that. Okay, well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. It depends on where you are in the decision-making process. But my point is not to get all bent out of shape on like the flashy terms and the buzz phrases and the popular titles and like the first two pages of Google results because you might hear me say this later, but I always equate it to the advice that new parents get with infants and like sicknesses. Like do not Google anything. Go to your pediatrician. Do not solicit like, you know, you can go to like a trusted mom group, but like don't solicit a a ton of advice because you're just going to get a lot of crazy opinions. And I'm sorry if you can hear like the very massive downpour and thunderstorm that's happening right now. I'm in my home office and it's right next to like a really beautiful floor to ceiling window. Um, My Again, like my point is that these flashy terms and buzz phrases and, and titles and stuff like And the pages of Google, like an infant, 
having a, a concern for a new parent, like you're told not to go Google it. And it's the same thing with like new homeschooling parents. It's like, I, I want to scream and tell people like, don't go based on the first two pages of Google, because it's literally just what people are paying for. Or what's the most popular doesn't mean that that's what's resonating with people, or that like, that's the only option. So I digress, because remember, the things that you see the most are usually the ones with, you know, the, the paid advertising and not necessarily the happy users. So we are going to start by dispelling the myth that one size fits all in homeschooling. And, you know, the beauty of this educational journey lies in its diversity of approaches, you know, each catering to different learning preferences, but really getting to embrace the freedom to customize our children's education. And I say our, because if you listen to the first episode, you know that this is my first official year homeschooling my son, my oldest son, Josiah, my five-year-old. Um, I don't know why I say official. It's my first year homeschooling him. I've been academically and scholarly studying homeschooling for the last four to five years, but this is, I'm in the weeds with y'all when I do this. And I've questioned myself a few times this summer as I've made choices for Josiah's language arts and math curriculum. And, you know, I know tailoring it to their unique needs can feel overwhelming. It's also natural for us, you know, quote unquote, regular parents to feel like we aren't equipped or as skilled as a certified teacher who has trained throughout their career. So we dismantle that in a couple other ways. But really, what is an approach or style to homeschooling? Because let's focus on what this episode is about. So when we say this, we're referring to a specific philosophy, methodology, or really just set of principles applied to the process of teaching and learning. So a homeschool approach outlines basically the guiding beliefs and strategies that educators or parents are using to facilitate the acquisition of knowledge and skills by learners, right? So it's it's how we are obtaining knowledge and information. And it encompasses a lot of different elements. So the first thing that you see in the Pathfinder guide and you see on my blog, like it's, it's always, it'll, it'll be my first comment to a very new homeschooling parent say, what do I do first? Some people will say, oh, you got to go get an account at HSLDA, the, the Homeschooling Legislative Defense Act. I always mess it up. Like, okay, that's good. But no, like you need a learning philosophy. You need to know and define the underlying beliefs about how you want your education to look like. And a learning philosophy is just simply like defining how individuals learn best and what motivates them and engaging them in the learning process. So you need to define that. But an educational approach has that as the first step. It includes pedagogical methods. So pedagogy is a fancy way of saying teaching and instruction, but the instructional strategies and techniques used to deliver educational content, curriculum, material, whatever. And it's the process by which we foster understanding. So this could be lectures, discussions, hands-on activities, or how we integrate technology. Um, So choosing how you are going to teach. What is your pedagogical approach going to look like? Is it computer-based? Is it one-on-one instruction from a teacher on the computer? Is it self-paced guides? You know, it's going to look different if your kid is 14 versus five. Do you want it to be led by you? How much involvement do you want, right? There's a whole thing that we go through when I coach parents on like, well, finding a curriculum first depends on what your vision and goals are and how you want to define that. So then curriculum design, we mentioned that, the topics, the subjects, 
the learning objectives that are forming the basis of content. Okay, so that's like the third part of a educational approach. But then it's also assessment. So yeah, you might not have to report to a district in your um, county or in your state by law, but do you still want to have a method to evaluate your your child's progress, um, how they're understanding and how they're mastering the content, right? And have you thought about that? Uh, this is not meant to overwhelm because the first instinct is, I know, for you to go, oh crap, I haven't done that. I'm a bad mom. I should be, no, no, no. This is identifying just what is a part of a homeschooling approach or what is part of an educational approach overall and how even if you're already a few years into it and you're saying, well, wow, maybe this would really help me that we have really simple steps and rules to follow that'll help you get there. Okay. So I just I feel like I need to mention that and remind us all to, to take a deep breath. Cause even myself, I've jumped into things before, like doing the things that I'm coaching parents on and telling them that we should do. Um, individualization. So the extent to which our homeschooling approach is considering our learners' needs and their interests and learning. I'm not going to say styles. I'm going to say preferences. You will hear me and Dr. Katie really try to untrain our minds that it is not a learning style. It is a learning preference. Okay, so you might have heard that a lot from you know other studies and just in education in general, like. Well, you know, your son's learning style is auditory, so you should find things that work for him, you know, in a that he can hear um, or visual or kinesthetic or like all these things. Like all he needs to learn by video or like he needs to have his hands and things to be doing stuff like that might be a very real preference and help. But we tend to define that as like a style, because, again, when they're in traditional school or when they're in the public school system and they're amongst other students and they're having to be moved through the system in a, um, you know, methodological manner. I can never say that word. My goodness. Um, you know, but there's like a method to the madness on how they move students through methodically. There we go. Thank you brain. Um, and so they, they have to sort of like assign a style and okay, well, you learn better this way. So we'll have you work on this. But like the beauty of homeschooling is we get to kind of like take that apart a little bit and like really observe our student one-on-one. And we're, we have a whole episode coming up, um, Dr. Katie and I, because she's really good with the, the styles and the preferences and kind of how we observe each one of our children. And she'll talk about how different her three girls are, especially across like different subject matters and, and other things. So anyways, um, goals and outcomes is the last piece. And that's just really like um, goals and outcomes. So what's our intent behind homeschooling and in choosing this approach? What do we want for our children and what do we want for ourselves? And this is going to change year to year in the short term. And it's going to change long-term based on a lot of situational factors. You might have siblings, you might have a career, you know, you're going to have ideally less time homeschooling and doing like actual academic work when they're younger And then that's going to increase in time, which changes the dynamic of your day and goals. So, all right. So we've got like the philosophy, our teaching approach, an instructional strategy, how we're designing our curriculum. Do we want to assess and evaluate? What kind of look does that have? And then 
our environment. Um, I didn't really touch on this, but like the, the physical and social context. So like where it's, what's our, our quote unquote classroom layout? Like, where are we choosing to do the teaching in our home? Are we outside? Are we in the bedroom? Are we in a dedicated spot? Like our own situational factors are going to play into that, but there's also like, you know, research backing on that. that. That's a whole other thing that we'll probably do. Like stop looking at Pinterest. Like we'll, we'll do another episode on that. Um, and then individualizing it and our goals and outcomes. So the point is that educational approaches is, approaches. I feel like I should just start this all over <laughs> can vary tremendously, right? So you're going to have traditional methods like teacher centered instruction, you know, one-on-one teacher in front of the classroom, um, or, you know, one-on-one with you, the parent to the child or to your group of children to more progressive approaches that really emphasize like student-led learning where they are dictating to you what type of unit study they want to do that month or what they want to be working on. And the choice of an educational approach can really significantly impact the learning experience and outcomes of the student. So it's really essential that we carefully consider the approach that best aligns with our goals and the needs of our kids. And this is, again, the number one thing I see overlooked by parents in their homeschooling journey. So this is why I like to take the time to consider why we're leaving traditional school. Like we do that. I mean, like we, we, we put in all of the time to think about why we're leaving traditional school, but we often neglect to consider how it is we want to approach education within our home now that we've decided to be the authority. And again, it's not to, to, to shame or guilt. I don't want any of those feelings. I don't want any of the like regret or, oh crap, I haven't done this. And now I need to go run and do that. Like, no, slow down, breathe. We're okay. But it is a overlooked part. I do believe it's an important part. And that's why I made it, you know, the second episode. So regardless of whether or not you believe in like the approach that some traditional schools take, um, you know, where there's like an established approach and, you know, they're following like state standards or U.S standards, you know, depending on the subject area or type of school, Um, you know, they're measured by a professional administrative collective at, you know, like the state or district level or whatever. Um, It's generally not a mashup of different strategies, right? Like there is a long-term goal and guidepost. So we need the same in our home education, but we often skip that step when we're picking a curriculum or we're just in the rush and overall excitement of beginning to homeschool. Like I, I'm guilty of it. I've said that, like I have a doctorate in education and I coach homeschool parents on this stuff, but it, it can still, it, it, it is an insurmountable hurdle to jump when trying to research and understand everything single-handedly, right? It's just, it's wild the amount of information available to us. And that's why I'm passionate, passionate about having collaboration and input. I promise as I, create more podcast episodes, I will talk more clearly. (laughs) Um, COVID really messed with me because I did presentations and spoke all the time in front of people. But I think the difference that I'm learning and will learn continually with podcasting is like, there's no breath to break, like while other people ask questions or like provide input, and then you continue doing your presentation, like, because I could, I could speak for two hours, you know, doing an architectural like lunch and learn presentation. But now like, it's literally just me. Like I'm talking to y'all. Like I'm imagining you on the other side of the screen and stuff, but like, it's just me continuing to go. Um, So it's fun. But uh, 
I, I'm going to trip over my words at just like, you know, people that I listen to. Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, you know, and I'll tell you like a recent story of this, you know, like trying to jump in and, and research everything on my own and why I'm passionate about collaboration because, you know, we can be confident in our convictions about homeschooling while still respecting and collaborating with subject matter experts and other professionals in making the decision. So my best friend, Liz, is a math coach, soon to be district resource teacher. She's got, I don't know, 18 years or something under her belt in um, teaching and these administrative roles and such. And, you know, I was doing all my research on math curriculum, like following my own advice on like, okay, like, what do I want for Josiah's education? What do I believe about education? What's like, let me reflect on my experience in the past. Like I went through my framework and all of my, my steps to decision-making and like, okay. But then like, I kind of got down this path of like choosing the math stuff, you know, based on what he had done last year and like looking at briefly looking at like scope and sequence stuff on different websites and like what kind of math I wanted. And anyways, like I just I kind of made my decision, but then sent her these two links and she very uh, politely, but poignantly said like, mm, no, because here's what's missing and why. And she helped suggest a couple ways that I back that up. And so it was a very good reminder for me that even though I am coaching homeschool parents on this stuff and I'm educated it on it in a, in a little bit that like I am still a parent and like putting those hats on and off like I'm going to be going through this stuff with you guys which is exciting and real so to stay on track hmm, uh you know 20 minutes in because I was very purposely dedicated to having these be like no more than 30 to 40 minutes because I know what it's like as a mom trying to listen to podcasts that I like, like I don't have time for the hour long ones and they take me like two to three times to get through them. So, okay. The point is to highlight the three, what I call rules of engagement when it comes to homeschool approaches, what they are and what they are not. So rule number one, let your approach be your guide, not your ride. Be your guide, not your ride. So in other words, it should be used to inform your decisions regarding curriculum and other programs, but it's not the only way to your destination. Now, the homeschool approach that you resonate the most with, again, based on a variety of different factors, like should be used as like a GPS. So you're going to have a different destination than the other drivers on the road. And within that are multiple routes that you could have taken. But imagine if while you were following it, you saw a billboard for a new Dunkin' Donuts opening. Because obviously that's where my mind goes, y'all. I said I'm a mix of like the East Coast, like New England and Florida. And, you know, it's the top thing I love after my kids. But you get distracted by something attractive and you veer off the path. So maybe your GPS reroutes you, but it will take different roads and more time. So whatever analogy you want to apply, like it's the same thing with homeschooling. Because the beauty of homeschooling is that it allows parents to Combine and customize these approaches, creating a tailored educational journey for your child. Like you have the opportunity to be the architect of your child's education. You guide them on a path that celebrates their individuality. You foster a love for learning and exploration. So you start with defining what that looks like for you while still making it flexible enough if circumstances change because 
I mean, my golly, we know that they will. Right? So having a diverse range of homeschooling approaches is what empowers us to embrace flexibility, be adaptive, and be creative as we embark on this really journey of discovery and and growth together in homeschooling. So even if you don't want an open and go out of the box curriculum and you don't want to put much thought into it, that's your prerogative, but there's still an educational philosophy behind that curriculum. It wasn't completely designed out of thin air. I mean, maybe, but you know, it, it usually isn't. So you want them to be your guide, but you don't want to rely on them so forcefully. And I'm talking now about the, the approach that you're taking, not, not the curriculum, but you want it to, to guide you, not be so inflexible that you can't also take in other ideas. But going back to like that, that, that parent was like, Oh, Charlotte Mason, like we believe in this. And then you see, and you're like, Oh, well, I believe in that too. Even though I've already chosen this other like classical education path. Like now what do I do? You, you want to have structure and good foundation and good bones so that you can consider other things, but then not be distracted by the flashy objects. Okay, so there's that. Okay, so rule number two, this is my shortest one, this will be quick, is just because it's talked about a lot or in the top search results doesn't mean it's what's resonating with families. So if you're doing a, group, a Google search of, you know, top homeschool approach or you know, most common approaches to homeschooling, types of homeschooling, types of homeschooling is I think going to be the word that comes up the most, like that resonates with you as opposed to like approach. But like, this is especially true in the long run because homeschool curriculum providers have a lot of competition in gaining your attention. They pay for ads to be in the top search results and they spend a lot of time and effort on social media content to appeal to homeschooling families. But what you're not seeing is some of the potential, potential frustration with the curriculum or misunderstanding of the curriculum or just how, quite frankly, it did not align with their kids' learning preferences, with how they teach as parents. You know, again, you're a parent and a teacher. There's a balance there that we're going to talk about in another episode. But just because you continue to see and, and, you know, I'll be completely frank, like this fall, it's the same ones. It's especially in this large beginner Facebook group that I'm in when people are asking about it, it's all the online ones, which, you know, can be great and very beneficial depending on your family's needs and your goals for education. But because we are an internet-based, you know, coming off of teaching at home, which is different than homeschooling, schooling at home, which is what we did during COVID unintentionally is different than a purposeful homeschool approach. Just because those programs are top are top in the search results does not mean that like those are the ones you definitely need to look at and then say yay or nay to IXL, Mia Academy, um, power homeschool. Like you, you can look at those top three and see them over and over again, and they might have nothing to do with what you need as a family. So finding your approach, identifying it, and then searching for curriculum is, is the best. Searching different approaches, you know, just because Charlotte Mason is going to be a top talked about approach or, well, you know, I subscribe to the Waldorf philosophy. 
Um, that's great. That doesn't mean that there's really strong understanding in them either. I hear a lot about unschooling and I studied unschooling in depth during my doctoral research. Like I read all of John Holt's books. I I got in the weeds in it during my, my literature review, but how quickly parents just describe it as like, you know, just kind of like out in the woods, forest school. The forest school people would say like, hey, that's a dig on us and what we subscribe to in our approach to education and homeschooling. And so like you have to just be cognizant that like what you hear others tell you is not always the full picture. And what you hear on like or see rather on a top result is not all that there is. So anyways, just a reminder, rule two. Rule number three is that, you know, I wasn't classically trained, so I can't teach that way or fill in the blank for whatever approach. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like I see many worries and hesitations on homeschooling because they feel they lack the expertise or formal training in a particular approach. You know, you might assume that you need to be very well-versed in educational theories or like possess a teaching degree to provide a good quality education for your child, but you know that that's not the case. So we have to overcome our own mindset challenges with that. But while having a deep understanding of different educational philosophies can be helpful and beneficial, I mean, I'm a proponent for it. You see it in my free guide on the website, but it's not a prerequisite for homeschooling success. Homeschooling is an opportunity for parents to learn alongside their children and explore new educational approaches together. The heart of homeschooling is in that parent-child relationship and the genuine desire to nurture a love for learning. So as a homeschooling parent, you have the freedom to embrace a growth mindset. A lot more to, to come on that in future episodes. But being open to continuous learning and adapting your approach based on your child's individual needs and interests and based on what you're learning about your own educational beliefs and about your journey. You know, you're going to have so much time just observing your child that you are going to become more and more of the expert. No one is better equipped. There is a place for the training and the teaching degrees, and those are in a traditional school setting where they need to master the ability to teach content to multiple students and understand what that looks like and how it progresses. And there are a tremendous amount of benefits that we can have in, in terms of teaching actual content. There's strategies that come with math. There's strategies that come with language arts, right? Depending on the, the uh, I don't want to say grade level because we try not to do that in homeschooling, but like, you know, the, the stage of learning that they're in. But my point is that like you know your individual child and have so many more opportunities to observe them than they would in a traditional school. So rather than feeling pressured to be an expert in a specific approach or homeschool style, focus on being a facilitator of learning and creating a supportive environment that encourages that curiosity, that critical thinking, and that exploration. And I love that in CC, which is, you'll hear me say, it's classical conversations. That's what uh, co-op, Josiah and I are a part of this year, and that I will be Tutoring, we call the teachers tutors because um, we want the parents to remain the authority. The parents are in the, the little classroom on our on our weekly co-op meetings, but we call ourselves, all of us parents, 
lead learners. Because it's the idea that as parents, we get to reclaim our own education. And that was like a big light bulb moment for me because I often find myself like embarrassed with what I don't know because of my degrees. Like, you know, I've got three overly academic degrees and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of debt to show for it. But like, I will get embarrassed because, you know, there's certain like, I like, don't remember how to teach long form division or like whatever it might be. Right. Like I have a couple jokes. I'm sure I will tell more on that later, but like the point is like now we have so many abundant resources and curriculum options and support networks available to us as homeschooling families that we need to use them, but use them in a strategic and focused manner. And you know, they'll help provide guidance and inspiration for us. So obviously I'm partial to what we're creating here at generation because you know, our flagship harvest group coaching program, um, is solving a lot of this for parents and will solve. I, I truly believe, and I love getting to use my business background and experience and like strategic development and stuff to help parents use that type of mindset and setting up and establishing a vision and approach for their homeschool. You know, by letting go of the misconception that you need to be an expert in a particular educational philosophy or approach or style or whatever, like you can confidently embrace the adventure of homeschooling and just celebrate the joy of learning together and getting to cultivate a lifelong love for knowledge. And we have to keep that joy and that, that vision front and center because the most important ingredient for our success in homeschooling is the love and dedication that you bring as the parent to the journey. So if you have one good takeaway from today's episode, I wanted to be the reminder that homeschooling offers an incredible opportunity for parents to bond with their children. We get to understand their unique learning preferences, and we get to create these amazing educational experiences that are tailored to their passions and strengths. And there's no rush to pick an approach and curriculum and hurry along. Again, like there's no intent in overwhelm or like regret or like, oh, no, I didn't do this. Like there are Joneses to keep up with in homeschooling too. And like, we're, I'm not here for any of that. Like no, no, I can appreciate and look at and admire some of these gorgeous homeschooling rooms or like some of these homeschool moms that are content creators and influencers on Instagram and like what they're doing with their kids and stuff. Like I can appreciate that and admire it from afar, but like y'all, it is not about trying to keep up with them or repeat or replicate what somebody else is doing. Like we are on our own journey of discovery and growth for both parent and child that gets to be filled with just memorable moments of joy and exploration, and lifelong learning, because that is what it's all about. So the more you lean into that, the more you're going to understand how your family fits within the vision, approach, and goals that you initially set. So as we wrap up this this chat, because I do imagine that we're chatting, even though you know, you're not on the other end until you send me a DM about what you thought, or you rate it, and you make a comment on the episode. But, you know, we, we talk about homeschooling approaches, what they are, what they're not. Like what I want you to remember is to let your educational approach be the guide, not the ride in your homeschooling. Keep in mind that what is popular or mentioned the most doesn't necessarily equate to what's working well for those families and that you are equipped to follow the path and approach you desire. So until next time. If this is resonating with you and you want to be free of the uncertainty and overwhelm, then hop on over to thisismygeneration.com, join the waitlist for our Harvest program, or check out our early bird special. Doors open September 25th, and myself and Dr. Katie Scott are very excited to help parents 
get out of their head, and get in sync with their homeschool vision and plans. Our four-step process of sowing seeds of clarity, reaping the fruits of alignment, staying rooted in empowerment, and thriving in community include all the concrete ways to overcome the common mindset challenges homeschool parents face and move you into a growth mindset that will trade the uncertainty and overwhelm for calm confidence. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast and follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation.